Neon One makes software solutions specifically built for nonprofits. You can finally have your donor management, fundraising software, program management, and nonprofit operations all in one place. Learn how Neon One can help your nonprofit create long-lasting relationships by visiting neonone.com backslash weareforgood. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Yo, yo, Becky, what's happening? I'll tell you, you know, we are always on the hunt for creators in the market, people who are thinking differently about something. And a couple months ago, I met Melissa Moody on LinkedIn, as I do a lot of amazing humans. And she came um, just with an open hand to our conversation. We just clicked. And I absolutely loved what she was doing to disrupt the email chaos space. And so you're going to get a twofer for one on this conversation today, We Are For Gooders, because not only are we going to be talking about this concept we've brought up even in our 2022 trends, which is the evolution of corporate partnerships, and we're going to be talking about how to integrate CSR into companies through collaboration, but we're also going to give you a working smarter, not harder tip with this incredible company that Melissa has co founded called Gated. So I want to back up a little bit and introduce you to her. She is the co-founder and chief marketing officer at Gated, which is a high-growth startup that reduces unwanted email in your inbox while Thank still you. benefiting charity. Can we all get on board <laughs> that that is an amazing yeah. solution? Seriously. But she's also this passionate advocate for human-first products, and she's also a multifaceted expert in digital marketing strategy. So before she went to Gated, she spent 13 years working at Google, where she led industry marketing and mobile web partnerships for some of the world's largest travel companies. She is coming to us live from Anchorage, Alaska. We finally got Alaska represented on the podcast here. And she just has an incredible family. They spend a lot of time outdoors volunteering and traveling. So we're going to dive into Gated. We're going to dive into going beyond just having a giving arm on your company. But first, we want to welcome Melissa in. Thanks for making time to come on the podcast, Melissa. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I am quite a little bit of a fangirl of you two. I love the pod. I like in your intro, you mentioned rabid fans, and that's probably the category that I would get dropped into. Um, you know, I'm a fan of what you've built here, but also I'm a fan of just the overall community coming together and looking beyond the traditional solutions and looking to the challenges of the future when it comes to charitable giving. So thrilled to be here, thrilled to share a little bit about what, what we're building. And I think the conversation is going to be a good one because you always have such great perspectives. Yeah, I do too. And the fact that we're fangirling over each other just feels the reciprocity <laughs> seems balanced. So, but before we dive into Gated and to, you know, the CSR 2.0, we want to get to know you a little bit. So like, take us through your journey. I want to know about Melissa growing up. I want to know how you got oh. into this work and how did you land in Alaska? Wow. You want me to go way back? Okay. I, um, you know, I'll try to make it quick. I'm a, I'm a Californian originally. I was born and raised in the Bay area. Um, I have always been someone who's kind of 
very active and likes to live a big life. I like to do big things and have big experiences. Um, went back East for a couple of years. Actually, a little known fact about me is I have a master's in education. I taught oh. students with language-based learning disabilities. That was actually my first career. Um, and so I have a lifelong passion for education, but over time, I actually made the shift into marketing. And I always love to tell the story that, you know, teaching, you have a message and you have an audience and you have to get the audience to understand your message. And well, let's face it, that's a lot of marketing, right? That, that is marketing. Yeah. Um, so I made a pivot in about 2006 and started working at Google, kind of moved into a more corporate world, um, bringing some of that idea of storytelling and uh, effective teaching to the corporate narratives that we were building for the travel industry. Long story short, 14 years at Google was a wonderful time, incredible people. And one of the things, as you mentioned, Becky, that I really learned in that time was putting the end user first for whatever you're doing. Listen, and it really goes back to teaching too. Understand who you're trying to get your message through to. Always put them first. You'll have better messaging. You'll build better products. You'll be more human, let's face it. Thank you. Um, And so, yeah, there's a lot to that. Um, In terms of kind of like the um, part of the reason why I'm excited to be here is early on in life, I was kind of raised in a home that placed a very high value on charitable giving, but more specifically volunteering, like hands-on. So that's always been a thread through what I do kind of wherever I live. It's been very location-based because I like to do things that are close and and hands-on and really getting into the giving rather than just writing a check. Um, So uh, in 2014, was still with Google, decided to move to Alaska. Like I said, Big Wild Life is the name, (laughs) is the tourist slogan for Anchorage, Alaska. Um, And... Yeah, I have a small family up here. We get outside a lot. I'm a big part of the entrepreneurial community up here. I still sit on the state tourism marketing board. So like travel and big things and um, giving back even through the entrepreneurial thing has always been a big part of who I am. Um, That's a lot of a life compounded into about three minutes. Um, But the way I came to Gated was in 2020, after almost 14 years at Google, um, I realized that I love having an impact. I like seeing my actions deliver results. And in a very large company, sometimes you lose that. Um, and there are a lot of factors going into it, but I just decided to say, thank you very much. I'm going to go look for something else. And I actually left Google with nothing, uh, no job on the back end because I wanted to think about what comes next. So I spent about six months doing paid consulting and pro bono consulting. Um, actually some were with kind of nonprofits, some were with real startups, um, and eventually found Gated and came on basically as employee number two, along with my co-founder, to bring an idea to market. And we'll talk more about what that idea is, but it was really um, joining a company at the idea stage where it's we have a vision and we have this really cool solution that seems like it's going to be something. How do we bring that to market? How do we actually create, you know? a real product and a real brand out of this cool idea. I love this just kind of organic way to show our representation, our love for different nonprofits, because to me, you know, corporate giving gets a little bit of bad rep on some of these bigger reports because it's such a smaller piece of the pie. But to me, there's so much more uplift in the conversations that it creates and what it does just from a visibility perspective. And so I'm curious if you've seen other companies incorporating the social good component into their operations. Like what are some that you think are really disrupting this kind of 2.0 model? Yeah. You know, I do think it's interesting because there are a lot who do kind of CSR well, like as it exists, like this model. But I guess what I'll speak to, one that comes to mind that is a little bit more about what we're doing, which is 
it's just woven into the actual business itself. Um, uh, ecology. Do you guys know ecology? Um, I don't. It's a little bit more tied to the side of, um, there's so many darn acronyms, but basically environmental <laughs> responsibility. Like it's more tied into that um, as opposed to direct charitable giving. But what they do is they, I mean, it's a lot around carbon offsets, but they think about financial um, and tax systems that exist in businesses. And then they think about how to essentially like plant trees to offset that, but in a way that connects to those financial systems. So they're not just saying, and also go plant a tree. They're saying like, as it's part of your financial and tax auditing systems, how do we build in these backend mechanisms that are just constantly earning, right? In this case, it's for the environment, but like thinking about those channels, which you could literally do nothing, but once you've turned them on, they're just earning, they're rolling, they're um, kind of accruing value. It's hard because yeah, a big sexy donor that writes a huge check is, is really cool. But if we start Mm -hmm. thinking in this modern model of like, how many different switches can I flip that I literally have to do nothing for? And they're just going to start earning for me. That's a really cool, I guess, more modern, more data-driven way to think about, you know, new CSR 2.0 or however we want to call it. Super smart. Yeah. I I just think this is an evolved conversation and you're, you're taking our minds and you're moving them forward in a great way and helping us just dream a little bit bigger because these partnerships don't have to be these static things that they used to be in the past. They're very much living, breathing, um, you know, evolutions of the way that we can lift each other in really unique ways. And I want to talk to you about um, the value of sort of roll up, the small value of roll up programs for nonprofits, because I think this is an area of corporate philanthropy that a lot of people are aware of, and they've probably participated in them. And I'm talking about like Amazon Smile or Target Circle or grocery store rewards. Talk about what the value of these programs would be and how nonprofits can successfully participate in them. Yeah, I'll get a little self-centric here and talk about kind of the value we see from Gateds, but I think we can extrapolate it out to those other programs. We very much, um, when I talk to nonprofits about what we do, I often compare it to Amazon Smile in that sense. Like, I do think that's how we kind of fit in as this rolling um, small donation, small recurring donation. So I break it down into three buckets. The first is um, actual funds, right? Like you will be raising funds. Now, if you look at your Amazon Smile account, you're not raising thousands of dollars all the time, but it's that little ticker that keeps rolling up. And when you think about my friend group and then my entire metropolitan area and then everybody who could be doing this, the impact could be massive, right? Those little stones that pile up into the mountain. So the funds are small, but this idea of drop in the bucket becomes a lot of buckets, becomes a lake kind of mentality. Um, the second thing is for us at Gated, there's a brand awareness play. Like Amazon Smile doesn't really have this, but with Gated, when you use it and that email goes out, even if someone doesn't donate to reach me, they've just learned about Team Rubicon. At the very least, they've read the words Team Rubicon, right? Maybe I've piqued their curiosity. Um, we're also experimenting with like, can we put a video in the, in the email? So they see it, can, uh, the logo, you know, um, a picture of the, you know, what they do, some of the gray shirts in action. So there's a brand awareness there as well. Um, every time, at least with Gated, every time a challenge email goes out, that's like a brand impression. You can probably taught up like what that yeah. counts for in the media yeah. world, right? There's a value mm-hmm. to that. Um, the third bucket, which has come from the conversations I've had directly with nonprofits, I think is really interesting, which is that mentality in the giving world of I go all year long and then the holidays roll around and I write a check. 
right? I don't yeah. think about it. I don't think about it. Here come the holidays or the big fundraising event. And it's like, oh, here's a check. I think what's really interesting about Smile and Target Circle and what we do at Gated is the potential for recurring donor engagement. As you mentioned, you're basically asking people to align their personal brand with your mission, right? Like you're trying mm-hmm. to give them away. So every time I use email, I'm actually kind of closer to this mission, which maybe I see a social post and I give, or maybe I give at the end of the year, but otherwise you don't have those touch points with your donors. And so I think gated actually serves a really cool purpose in that front, which is a much more regular relationship to the donor. Um, Yeah. You can't maybe like, you know, hold the big check up in front of the fancy, like everybody in their black and white gowns. But it, I think they're, <laughs> Thank goodness. I'm excited yeah, to see like, how, anyway. yeah, I'm excited to really, and we also, um, we are just starting. So like last week we just started what I'm calling their partner program, which is, you know, zero spend, zero lift other than feedback, but it's a small group of nonprofits. We're asking them like, how does this impact you? What have you seen? What are you seeing? What could the potential be? What data do you want back from us as we do this? Because honestly, I'm excited to see what that impact is. Um, Maybe you guys have some perspective. You've probably seen it in a lot more um, spaces than I have. No, I mean, I kind of love the omniness of it, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's kind of everywhere. And I think of like this interview we did with the She's the First founders, Tammy Tibbetts and Kristen Brandt. And I think when we all recognize there's small things that we can do, because we kind of pick on stuff like smile because it shouldn't be like your core strategy. But as like a consumer, as a person of how do I show love to the charities that I want to lift, doing like creating this ecosystem around you of support, what Tammy Tibbetts shared was like, just putting a link in your bio to your favorite charity is going to give all this brand recognition. And it's a small thing, but it's like, as the impact uprising we talk about, as we all do these small things, it really does add up and just elevates the conversation, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, it puts to mind for me, um, Johnny Immerman with Clothes Talk, right? Like oh, wearing we love love Johnny him. Immerman. Who doesn't love Johnny? Hi, Johnny. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but like putting a brand on your chest, you're like, oh, you know, little thing, but that's big. Those are brand impressions. You're telling people this is a mission. I believe it. It's, it is quantifiable. Um, and I, I always, um, to your point about like Amazon Smile, I often refer to it as this idea of like, either a why not, or sometimes I like to call gated the yes and. Like, are you donating to Team Rubicon? Yes, and I support them with this. There is joy in that. I mean, as the Target Circle family over here, it's fun to like put your votes in there, you know, and you feel connected to the causes. So what do you think is the most beneficial way or that nonprofits can really be successful with these programs that kind of just lift their mission in kind of these different unique ways? I think that's a really good question. I had had thought some notes up on this earlier. I mean, I'll, I'll speak... I think I've got about three small ideas. The first is I think give ownership to someone in the org around these, whether that's your marketing team or like your, your donor engagement lead, give someone ownership about this idea of like the yes. I'm just going to, we're calling it this now. This is a new category, the yes. And things, right. Um, those yeah. things, because, you know, like you said, popping them in at the bottom of newsletters. So, oh yeah, sure. Of course I'll do that. Little lightweight lifting things, I think that's as long as someone's owning them at the org, it's just like a, it's a why not? Like they're, these are super quick wins. Put them on your pile, track them every three months, you know, like you don't have to be all over it all the time. But I think that that's one. Um, the second thing is, is honestly, this is a takeaway I have from the last six months of really looking at some of the nonprofits out there. Guys, go and hire a social media intern, please. 
Please say it again. I'll say it or closer to not the even an intern. <laughs> I mean, yes. yeah, like, I mean, pay an intern, pay a college student, but there are so many people out there talking about each of your organizations. And it is so easy to spend 15 minutes a day, look for the people who are already talking about you and just say hi. Like a baseline level of engagement is really cool. I have been out here talking about these nonprofits and uplifting them, not even talking about gated, just like, aren't they doing something cool? Nothing. Crickets, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. We're all busy. We're all strapped. I'm at a startup. I feel the nonprofit, like, we don't have enough people. We don't have enough budget. 15 minutes a day on one or two platforms that you think are most useful could go a long way. You're going to find opportunities. You're going to find fans. You're going to find potential donors. Um, so it doesn't necessarily tie in just to this idea of these like kind of yes and channels. But I think that little component of like, don't forget to get out of your must-do silos and be listening to people, listen for these yes. opportunities. Um, Cause there's some probably real quick wins out there. So yeah, I'll say that all day. Go and just listen, type in. I mean, it's so easy to search online these days. Uh, there's free tools like Trender comes to mind. You just type in your keywords, it's free, and they'll tell you who was talking about you. And Melissa's friends at Google are the ones powering that, I bet. Trender is not Google. I would try, try Trender, yeah. Uh, I do think that it's a good call to action to just see where are people talking about you. Like, I, I play in LinkedIn, you know, more than any other social platform for this business, and I am, like you, constantly... Um, gobsmacked by the fact that some of my favorite nonprofits don't have a LinkedIn presence. And the idea that you don't think that business people are talking about your nonprofit, that people are only talking about it on Facebook or Instagram is just really small thinking. And we think LinkedIn, you know, as I'm giving, I guess, a plug for LinkedIn here, you know, it is such a powerful playground. If you are truly looking at Evolve Corporate Partnerships, go follow every single one of your board members, you know, find out who has in, you know, network connections to brands and companies and individuals that you want to get in front of. This is the easiest place to set up your nonprofit um, social presence because you want people in this in this uh, social platform talking about you because these are doers. You're not on TikTok looking at crazy videos at 2 a.m. of people doing, you know, weird stuff or trying weird foods. I mean, this is concentrated, you know, attention and I and I'm with you. If you can just find where your people are, and let me bless your all's heart and say you don't have to be everywhere. No. Please don't be everywhere. It's going to stress you out. So get on Trendster, figure out where people are talking about you, and go find your people and interact with them. It is the easiest engagement 2.0 that you could possibly do online. I agree. I mean, like, here's the quick tip. So if, if to Becky's point, if you're not on LinkedIn, just go and set up a page. Start. 15 minutes, set up a page so then people can tag you. So if they're talking about you, That's here's it. one that came up, the SPCA, I couldn't tag them, couldn't tag them, couldn't the like SPCA call them up. The SPCA is yeah. not on LinkedIn? Yeah. Wow. So um, although maybe the local ones are doing a better job, but set up a page so people can tag you. Set up 30 minutes a week, folks. I'm talking minimum. And this can be for your, you know, your CEO's daughter if you're really strapped on people, right? Like go online, <laughs> look at who tagged you, look at, uh, type it in the search bar and see some of those terms and just respond. You don't even have to post regularly. You don't have to build content. Just respond. Just engage. Like how simple can you make it? Number one, be there. And number two, engage. Don't even worry about building content if you're, if you're that strapped. 
Taking a quick pause from today's episode to thank our sponsor, who also happens to be one of our favorite companies, Virtuous. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you both see and activate donors at every level, and Virtuous is the platform to help you do just that. It's so much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous helps charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, volunteer management, and online giving. And we love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sounds like Virtuous might be a fit for your organization? Learn more today at virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes. I mean, this is a creator's market right now. People, everyone can be a thought leader. We've said that over and over again. And I just think that this is just working smarter, listening well, and we just have to build a new way of work. It's not just, I think about the days, John, do you remember this? Like stuffing billers, like year in tax receipts and things. (laughs) Like I I really hope those days are behind us. I know a lot of people are going to be doing that in January, but it's also like, how do we automate and just work smarter? You know, that's, I think that's going to help our mental health and it's going to help our mission scale faster. So, okay, Melissa, we want to move into marketing and we want to know about marketing opportunities that exist for nonprofits. So how can for-profit companies and nonprofits approach all of these marketing opportunities you're talking about in a way that's uplifting, it feels good for everyone, and it is totally not schmarmy? Let us know all the secrets. (laughs) Totally. I mean, one thing to know about marketing today is that we are seeing a really strong shift toward, um, you know, the the quick buzzword is content marketing. A little bit more industry specific is like demand generation, which basically says you're putting a lot of stuff out there where people are going to be interested in you, asking for you, wanting to learn more versus showing up and saying, this is what we do. Come and try it. Um, It also extends to sales. So in the sales side of the world, social selling is a big hot topic, which means show up, have a personal brand, be someone that people trust so that when they need something, you're there to sell. It's all this idea that from a marketing standpoint, you want to be there and show up without necessarily shoving, you know, a sales pitch down anyone's throat. Um, I think this plays really well into what you're talking about, where businesses and nonprofits come together in any kind of partnership, because it's not about, um, and to, you know, we all do this at some time, but it's not about get the product here. It's about uplifting cool stuff. So a big part of the way at Gated that we approach that is I'm going to talk about what nonprofits are doing without saying, go get Gated, turn it on right now, right? I'm just going to say, this is, you know, for the nonprofits in our partner program and kind of this limited program we have, I'm going to feature them. I'm going to share their posts. I'm going to amplify that because it's just interesting to people. And it starts people thinking from my side, there is a nonprofit element to this company called Gated. And they're aligning what we do with something that we talk about. So I think it's just, and and from a nonprofit standpoint, same thing. You're not saying give, 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 give. You're saying, and and this we do really well. Team Rubicon does a great job of this, right? Like look at what we're doing on the ground, check out what's happening here. They're not saying give, 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 even though we should. It's look at the great work being done. So I think actually nonprofits do really well on that front. Um, and so when it comes to the partnerships with for-profit companies, number one is think about the great content. Think about who you can talk about. Think about um, what they've done. Let's show success stories. Let's show um, points of need. Um, but it's not about like talk about the partnership so much as just up-level each other, uplift each other. 
Yeah. I mean, we're always here for the uplift, you know, and I think the uplift in these conversations often for us is really talking about the power of philanthropy. And I know that is like a thread of your story too. You believe in the power of that. And I would just give you space today to like take us back to a moment in your life that has really moved you, you know, as philanthropy could be small or big, but take us back to a story that's really impacted you. Yeah, this is really nice. I, you know, I think of the start of philanthropy for me was actually, there's a national organization called National Charity League. Um, It's Mothers and Daughters. Um, And there are chapters all around the country. And my mom actually started a chapter in the area I grew up in, um, specifically because, yeah, so it was a group of, I think, probably like 26th graders. And it's 6th through 6th through 12th grade. And it's mothers and daughters. And you run your meetings and you pick projects and you do work. But the thing, the moment that comes to mind for me is it really clicked for me. We were putting together packages for a battered women's shelter. And there's so many projects where you put together like the stuff they need, right? The shampoos and the feminine products and whatever. And then you just send it out the door, but we took it to the shelter and we sat down with them and we talked with them and we met some of them were living there with their kids and with their daughters. And I remember that moment because it, took it from like charitable giving, which honestly, a lot of people with young kids, it's a little separated, right? Like you don't always expose them to the reality of why you're giving. You just like, we're doing good. Look at this. I have my own kids. I feel like sometimes it's a little separated. Um, but I remember the moment of sitting in there and talking with them and seeing the situation. I think that hands-on, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I think hands-on charitable work, philanthropy, is a really, really powerful component of just the broader charitable giving, right? Like you can cut a check, but being somewhere and hearing stories in person and holding hands or, you know, pulling people out of buildings like the gray shirts do, like that brings philanthropy to such a visceral level. I, I totally remember it. It was an amazing shelter in the East Bay, like in Oakland. Um, such a, definitely a memorable moment for me. That's awesome. And you remember something like that when you touch it, when you can hear it, you have memories of what did it smell like in there and what was he wearing and how did his face look when he told me this. And I agree with you. I think the experiential part of our business is one of the great humanizing ways that we can connect people to missions. So, okay, Melissa, we're winding down conversation and you know we're going to pitch you our one good thing. (laughs) So what kind of a one good thing would you offer up to our community today? Can't wait. I mean, is this just a gimme? Because one good thing is gate it, guys. Go and <laughs> like, I figure you just serve this one up on a platter. Get your board executives or who, I mean, heck, send it out to all your membership, but like get gated running and start benefiting from it today. Like there is no lift. You don't have to pay a cent. You don't even have to do anything on your, your side. You're just going to start seeing small dollar amounts and brand exposure coming in. Um, if anybody's really excited, they can talk to me about the nonprofit partner program, but really seriously, like if people turn on gated and start using it, you literally have to do nothing and you're starting to see benefits. So, um, it's a good thing because it's low lift and I know nonprofits do not have the bandwidth for too much. They do not. You are correct. <laughs> well, Does that hey, count? Did I, did I get away with that as my answer? <laughs> we're we're going to give you that one. That's a gimme. So tell us how people can connect with you. I mean, you're up in Alaska. So if anyone's up in the Anchorage area, you know, <laughs> look up yeah. Melissa. But how, where do you hang out online? How can people find and connect with you? Super cool. Um, I'm definitely on LinkedIn, as Becky talked about. Um, 
But I also, I do a lot um, under the handle of what's called two pizza marketing. I'm really passionate about small team marketing. So any companies or nonprofits, I suppose, that have small teams, we call it two pizza marketing because of that two pizza rule where like if you have more than more people on your team that could eat two pizzas, your team is too big. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it was a Jeff, it was like a Jeff Bezos anecdote, I think. But um, so I'm on like TikTok is two pizza marketing. I'm on LinkedIn, like LinkedIn. That's also one of my handles. We have a podcast. So either find me through gated LinkedIn is great. And I will say, because I have gated, anyone can email me. It's Melissa at gated.com. I'll share my email left and right because you're going to get to Love see it. the experience. Um, and I am very proud. We don't require people to respond to everything, but I reply to every single one who makes a donation because I have the time since I'm not looking at all the other crap. You've got you've taken back hold of your inbox and you've gotten mm-hmm. control of it while still doing good. I just really appreciate you coming into the community, wishing you well um, with your baby startup as we're working through our baby startup and just really encourage our community out there. Just find something to do to help yourself work a little bit smarter. Give yourself some bandwidth because we want to spend that extra time pouring into the things we love and the missions that we love. So thank you, Melissa, so much. Appreciate you coming on today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I love the focus that you guys have. And I just hope everyone can uh, make the time to stay focused on what they're really focused on. So uh, I appreciate you having me. Love being here. It's good to see you both. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for being here. Did you know we create a landing page for each podcast episode with helpful links, freebies, and even shareable graphics? Be sure to check it out at the link in this episode's description. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. You can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing. If you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us, and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.